Borax Thong, Earthlets! My name is Conrad, <laughs> alongside my friend Fox, and this is the 80th episode of Space Bear So much energy! <laughs> That's right. A podcast where two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. <laughs> this episode, we're covering... <laughs> Doing my best. Hey, man, it was my birthday, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, boy. We're covering 2080 for April 1982, Progs 258 to 261. This week we'll celebrate 2080's fifth birthday, according to the Progs, at least. Christ. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll complete the Great Mush Rush. <laughs> oh yeah we'll uh you know d- enjoy some crazy future shocks will be regime change in judge dread oh my gosh oh that was nuts i can't wait to talk <laughs> robo about hunter will return rogue tro- <laughs> rogue trooper will experience the Bagman blues and oh, there's gonna be a new player in mean arena so good times <laughs> oh uh, yeah Mixed bag. Mo- mostly good times <laughs> And with that, let's get to Thrill One Ace Trucking. Let's get tough because the going's rough. Yeah. Eight, uh, so Alan Grant and John Wagner writing as Grant Grover are, are the art robots, or are the script robots. Art robot Massimo Bellardinelli letting robot Steve Potter. So okay, Fox. Man, oh man. It's the final mush stretch rush. of the great mush rush to uh, get this money for delivering the mail in this one solar system. <laughs> <laughs> Which is apparently lucrative business. Very lucrative. Yeah, man, listen, you know, ask those UPS guys if they feel like delivering mail all the time is not a lucrative business. Uh, but, um, GHL. So, a- Ace Garp and the Speedo Ghost is in the lead. Jago Kane and the Yellow Snorker in Hot Pursuit. And they quickly actually overtake the ghost damage engine. It's been all messed up ever since they did that super-powered uh, sun uh, near flight in the yeah, beginning of the race. And Feek's like, lay off, bro. These engines are not great. And Ace just seems cool. He's like, yeah, fine. That's cool. You know, go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to chill out. And Ghost is freaking out because he's like, you can't just do nothing about it. And he's like, I ain't going to do nothing about it. I already did something. I had my buddy, my uh, top biffo, GBH, stow away aboard the yellow <laughs> snork. And now Mitch. he's revealed himself, and he's just kicking ass all the way up and down the ship. Fox, I spent 15 minutes trying to find a good ex- a good movie to uh, claim for dieharding in a spaceship and had trouble finding one. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, um, uh, 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 Infinity, kind of. Maybe. I'll, it's I'll on also Netflix. Say, I'll also say that the uh, the uh, TV tropes page for uh, Die Hard in a Blank page is very generous and has many movies that I would not consider to be Die Hard in a type movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. I mean, I guess you got to stretch the limit when. No well, like, die well, like, because so they had like the Sylvester Sloan movie Daylight in there as Die Hard in a Tunnel, and it's not, man. What? It's Poseidon what? Adventure in a Tunnel. All right, what? you gotta be, you gotta be fighting terrorists and stuff. If it's just like some dude in a contra- in a in a cramped space, that's different. Anyhow, <laughs> <laughs> anyhow, uh, so GBH beats up the whole ship. 
including Jago's big robot biffo, Crusher, and forces Jago to pull over, destroying his nav computer, which allows Ace to win the Mush Rush. Oh, man, and what the hell? He's not going to do it himself. That would suck butt. Yeah, so he doesn't want to spend all of his time delivering mail in one solar system. He's got to get out into the cosmos, buddy. Yeah, gotta gotta do some uh, some bad ideas somewhere else. Yeah. So instead, he gets his old buddy Fatty Arkle to take over the Mush Rush. He's I guess you know Ace is gonna use the money to buy a new ship, and Fatty will just do this and then pay up to Ace. It's classic uh, capitalism. Oh and yeah. Be, and everybody just smacks their forehead because Fatty Arkle loses ships. Uh, real fast. This is hey. like his third ship that we've seen him get. Maybe maybe some regularity will let him uh, hold on to a ship some more. Who knows? Anyhow. Uh, I don't trust this zebra hippo. <laughs> hey, it's that zebra hippo is just living his life, man. So Ace and GBH are loading up their ship when while Feek checks on this massive Ugbug queen he, he's been breeding. It's so weird. This like whole a, situation is it's weird. It's like a weird anthropomorphic lady bee that is like the size of a basketball, I want to say, Fox. Yeah, and, and like it can't fly because it's like yeah, so basketball she's so, shaped. She's so huge that her wings can't carry her, so Feek fashions like a helicopter backpack for her. She's <laughs> pretty great, and she's very like happy about it. Yeah, so they go into the uh, engine casing, or she and the worker rug bugs go into the engine casing to sort of start laying eggs that Feek can eventually eat them all. Um, and man, oh man, does she like just lay a huge amount of eggs. Totally. But then uh, Ace is like, hey, turn on the engine. We got to get going. And, uh, you know, Feek's like, I'm not sure about this, but does. It freaks out the queen. Suddenly the whole hive goes into overdrive. Thousands of Ugg bugs are hatched at once and they get real aggressive. Yeah, man, that's just, a lot of noise. They're angry. They're upset. They're stinging people. GBH punches about, like, a thousand of them. But the many thousands more land on Ace and just bite him until he's, like, black and blue and bumpy and stuff. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, he looks real warty. Yep. He demands that the bugs go, so Feek cooks up a, a huge cauldron of Ugg bug food in a shipping container. Which, which has this, like, mysterious evil smoke ghost face it's definitely coming out of it. not good tasting stuff it's definitely stuff that's something called an ug bug would eat if you ask me uh, i mean feek <laughs> likes it i guess hey feek's a weird feek's a skeleton man he's the aztec god of death we've talked about this this but, is fair uh, <laughs> but so it it uh so they managed to corral all the ug bugs into this one spot and um you know, close the door behind. So now they got this container full of a giant swarm of Ugg bugs. What, what are we going to do with it? I guess let's give it to Fatty Urkel and deliver no. it to a yeah. friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you give it to Fatty, who then drops it off in the hold of Jago Kane, who opens it and is immediately swarmed in big trouble. Ooh, I'll get you, Ace Garp. <laughs> he's, got, he's got real bad luck doing exactly that. I mean, he's definitely, like, you know, should stop fighting him, but what are you going to do, you know? The second yeah. Space Trucking, uh, Ace Trucking Co. prog ends with a, an update to the Trucker Lingo Dictionary. And oh, yeah. stuff like mush being mail and steer gear being uh, navigational equipment. 
Which, all right, thanks for putting that at the end, guys. Hey, always no good back to know. Issues. You gotta pick it up from. You gotta pick it up from context, buddy. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, if you're gonna put a dictionary at the end of like the yeah. mush rush, and you're you're no, like fair. real big into no back issues, you yeah, know? they did definitely say talk about mush before really explaining what it was, but whatever. So uh, <laughs> next up, Fox, the uh, the speedo ghost happens upon this sweet ship. The Space Sloop Blue Maru, which is yeah. an ancient haunted treasure ship. <laughs> which, hey, why not, right? Yeah. It doesn't respond to hails or anything, so the uh, so Ace and GBH go to check it out. Um, when it doesn't open up, they uh, do the normal thing and break in. And while the place has some graffiti problems and an infestation of big jerk talking rats, it's... <laughs> Also uh, got weird. It's all, yeah, it's also just a real sweet ass treasure ship. <laughs> it's got a bunch of gold hootin' heck. Yeah, they want G, G, Ace and GBH wander the ship. They find a bunch of numbered cargo holes, and they open up three, and each one is filled to the brim with treasures of all kinds—gold, jewels, statues, all that kind of crap. Seems legit. Probably nothing wrong with this ship. Yeah, and since the ship is deserted, that means that it's salvage, man. So the money is all theirs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ace and GBH are Scrooge McDuckin around these cargo holds. That's pretty great. I love, uh, I love GBH just holding up the mirror and doing his hair. Looking at his hair. They call over Feek to take stock of the ship's engine. Uh, Feek shows up. You know, his hat is ever-changing. Previously in this adventure, he had a beret, but when he sees the money, it instantly morphs into a crown. Mm-hmm. Yes. I well, that, it was interesting because when he was feeding those Ugg bugs, he goes into a room that's just full of different types of hats. Yeah, that's his move, I guess. I guess um, he's just a hat man. He's a hat man. Um, so Feek looks at the engines. Uh, the, the the other guys work their way through the holds, and while all the uh, previous thirty nine are all full of riches, the fortieth one won't open. So you know, whatever, we'll figure it out later, I guess. Just sell this stuff off at a local port. Hey, why not? As a creepy, weird-looking onlooker is hiding behind a thing. Yeah. The ship has no records left of the previous crew, but it can uh, make some sweet, high-quality food just from a big table that flops down. Oh, man, that looks great. And from the, uh, like, floor, a stool just shoots upwards. Definitely. It's great. The better Seems like everything's legit and on the level. Totally. Uh, Feek reports that the engines are working great, and so, and he's making friends with these pig rats that over have overrun the place. Yeah, it's they, great. Yeah, they, they set a course for the Cucaratch Patch, which is a port where they can sell the ship for, for uh, salvage and stuff, and the ghost follows behind him. Hey, why not? Things are yeah. super great. Everything's... Everything's going good, man. Time to chow down and party hard, let the Mac Mac flow freely. Fuck, that's what I'm talking about. Suddenly, a gibberish-speaking weirdo appears! He looks kind of like a weird goblin, or like a Muppet version of one. And he's He's got got one giant foot. Mismatched shoes, all that stuff. Yeah, speaks even more gibberish than H, than uh, Ace. The uh, the crewman might mean that the ship isn't salvaged because they have to have a real because if there's a surviving crewman, then obviously it's not deserted and stuff. So that means we gotta grab that dude and see what's up. <laughs> As 
every as a uh, Ace GBH and Feet go after the, uh, the, the the weird guy, they get a radio message from Ghost telling them that the ship is going in the opposite direction that it should be, which does not seem like a good thing. <laughs> Next time on Ace Trucking, it's much ado on the Blue Maru. <laughs> They do like their alliteration. So important, the language of Ace Trucking, buddy. Man, the grossest thing about this was Feek eating a rat, like, whole. I think it was a lizard, but yeah, oh, well, a, 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 a rat was cheering him on and stuff. Feek's a gross skeleton man, you know? Does his own yeah. thing. Man, Ace Trucking's pretty good. I like this. I like this Always comic. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and speaking of, uh, I don't know, futuristic things? No, eating weird stuff. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thrill to Future Shocks. Oh, God. So, uh, there's three Future Shocks this month, because I'm, uh, I'm putting Tharg in the Future Shock camp as well. Yeah, um, why not? And so, first, it's the Lanulose Run Fox uh, script robot David Perry, art robot Jesus Redondo, letting robot Tony Jacob. Uh, this is a terrifyingly long Future Shock Fox. It's seven pages. For what may be like the dumbest payoff. It's true, yeah. A ship's crew made up of a human, kind of a bug dude, and a big headed antenna dude are delivering a much needed cargo to the planet Lanulos. They get attacked by dictators from the planet Zrag. They got to deal with hyperspace beasts. They run afoul of a black hole. Then they land. Then they crash land on the planet. They got to fight their way across to the civilized sections of Lanulos, fighting off crazy monsters, until they finally arrive with their precious cargo. New issues of 2000 AD. All right. Man, that was so much faster an explanation than how much I had to read. There's a lot going on. Just a lot of talking about things. And like, oh, we must deliver our precious cargo. And then it's comic books. Good comic books that stave off thrill suckers, yes. But comic books nonetheless. <laughs> I just, I feel like you just didn't need that many pages to tell that story. Give, give me few, two future shocks, fine. This is a I'll super long future shock for sure. Um, so let's I move on. Why. <laughs> to, I think it just had to fill space or something. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, Nigel Goes a Hunting. Script robot Alan Grant as Staccato, art robot Jesus Rodano, lettering robot Tony Jacob. We've so. seen this before. This exact future shock. Not this exact one, but I mean this exact same kind of story. We've definitely seen stuff like it, I feel like. Yeah, it's just a little story about a ragged man surviving in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. He's pursued by evil rat dogs and then hides up in a tree where he gets shot by a bunch of sentient bipedial uh, squirrel landowners. Whoa! No, man. The rat right inherited the earth. Well, it's like there was a nuclear blast. I think they're rabbits because at the start he they could goes be rabbits because he goes to a farm and and, e- and he's eating yeah. one of their carrots and he eats a big carrot. That that's true. Yeah. But yeah, this one's pretty similar to like that one future shock that was like this guy fighting wolves in like a frozen wasteland, and it turned out that he was like at some park in London or something like that. Like after the after the nuclear after the uh, during like the post apocalyptic nuclear nuclear winter or something like that. Yeah, it's like. You know, it's your standard. It's your yeah. It's your standard sort of Planet of the Apes. Like, oh, but actually, it's Earth. You know. Oh man, he's gonna get shot by rabbits. I guess by rabbits dressed like modern hunters and stuff like that. You know, the shoe is on the other foot. 
Ooh, I don't know. I was yeah. just like, God, Future Shock's really... The final Future Shock, and I don't know if I might end up... You know, we're starting to get more Future Shocks, and we're going to get another one by the end of this year, another style of them. So I might start moving mm. this category to like be like one-shots or something like that. Yeah. But this one's for Mighty Tharg, of course. Uh, script ro- <laughs> it's a Tharg's birthday party. Script robot Tharg the Mighty. Art robot Eric Bradbury. Letting robot Jack Potter. Man, oh man, it's his birthday again. How are we going to celebrate it? Yeah, so you know, for the fifth anniversary, Prog Tharg is putting together a show hosted by Bert. And it's from of entertainers from around the galaxy. There's a dancing datapedes, a giant singing radish with a thousand mouths all over it. Oh, it's that's horrifying. That's pretty horrifying, yeah. An acrobatic team of flying fish, a robot singing trio, and a broom guy that can change that can change shape to do impressions. It's specifically like a Kang of Spang, which is a horrifying creature. Yeah. There's also a trio of magicians that are clearly the dictators of Zrak. <laughs> they're like, uh, they're just gonna try and jump in on all this stuff. Yeah, they, there's they always lose there. every time. Why don't you keep an eye out for them though? But anyhow, um, yeah. they get up on stage. They do terrible magic that quickly bores the entire audience to sleep. At which point, <laughs> they grab the slumbering Tharg and take him down to the basement and use magic boxes to to saw him into three pieces, like a <laughs> legs, a t- um, arms, and a torso, and a head. And you just have Bert running after him. Um, stop. Bert runs down to uh, help him, but Tharg is able to help himself. He uh, animates <laughs> the different pieces of his body and attacks so the dictators. Weird. He even bites one of them on the bum. Bites him on Dude, the bum, it's, Fox. It's pretty. It's so bizarre. This whole thing, and then they just put him back together, and yeah. he's fine. Put the pieces back together. Thog restores himself. Thank you for the support these last five years. Here's to five more. To five more, and many more beyond that. Ooh. At least thirty-six more. Anyhow. <laughs> I mean, that's how many there's been. You know, I'm certainly there'll, there'll be much more than that, but you know, at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of things that have been going on for five years, Fox. Oh man, oh man. It's I love this. Thrill three Judge Dread. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a Tom Frame thing this week. <laughs> uh, script robots: John Wagner and Alan Grant as TB Grover. Art robot: Carlos Escara. Lettering robot: That Tom Frame. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. So the uh, Dantan Expressway has been cut, halting the Sov advance south. But now for Man. the hard part: getting out alive. Oh God, how are we gonna do it? Probably pop some wheelies, jump a bridge. Definitely do some cool laser shooting. <laughs> Dread leads a contingent of judges through heavy fire from rad sweeper tanks and strato V planes to the tunnels and safely to the city's bottom. But losing that's like quite a few judges in the several, process. Several like at least two or three judges get picked off in the process. But the city bottom is also where War Marshal Mad Dog Kazan is headed as well, because it's the one route into the rest of Mega City One that can't be cut off. Oh yeah. As Dread arrives on the bottom, he gives the order. He has everyone fall back and detonate thermal charges they've placed that cover now 73% of the bottom of the city. Oh my, and it turns into just a burning inferno of super death. Yeah, the, the explosives go off. 
They burn at 100,000 degrees, which melts the streets and buildings and turns it into just the whole place into just a river of liquid fire that consumes the East Meg advance. Once again, Judge Dredd is just like, well, time to just do a murders and yeah. like a massive amounts of devastation. He's fighting like, for the future of, of his city. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to get to more of that. He is... Yeah. So the tanks um, are melting, but man, the Sovs have way more tanks than that, so they got to get going. There's work to be done. The judges head out, determined to make the Sovs pay for every meter of land they take. Meanwhile, Walter's still still trying to get in contact with Dwed, even as he, oh God, as he dodges no. blasts from Moia's pocket cooking laser. Which uh, I still cook have are you to good, you bugger. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Back at the front, Kazan calls in the second wave of the assault, with uh, the gaps between the se- the sectors being rebuilt as straddled. Oh yeah, that's right. Bombard the city with phobic pulsars, which are these sound waves that induce madness and epilepsy in their victims. It really just sounds like such a nice thing to do. It's real bad, man. The Sovs are making their way south. As Kazan gets a call from the Dictorats of uh, East Meg One in their in their safety bunker, the chief judge congratulates him, but Kazan is not impressed. It's like, bro, I did all this. I'm you, doing all the you work punk here. Punk ass punk. Yeah, he has troops loyal to him gun down the leaders of East Meg One. They're dead, and now Kazan is the Dictorat. Yeah, it's like. In the in the final throws, they're like, "Man, is this about like us not inviting you to this?" And he's like, "Bitch, I am the dictorat now." That's right, dictatorat, whatever. Dictatorat. So, so Fox, even as the war on the surface is heating up, the space, the war in space is in overdrive. <laughs> oh and man! As, I, as part words. of that, the Sobs have taken justice too, and with oh, it, man. they've captured Chief Judge Griffin. This is all not great. Nope. Isaacs, uh, Marshall Kazan's right-hand man, is overseeing the brainwashing of Griffin to make him a propaganda tool. Meanwhile, a heavy rain falls in Sector 98 as Dredd and a few other judges have rounded up a bunch of Sov collaborators, put silencers on their guns, and execute them, leaving their bodies behind the sign that says traitors on it. Once again, Judge Stretch is being real dark and horrible. He's a hard man, dude. You can't can you collaborate with the Sovs. Give me a break. Is, it's just like really intense, the amount of like shit that he's doing in the yeah. face of this war. It's war, dude. Fair, I guess. Afterwards, the judges pick up a broadcast of Griffin telling the people of Mega City 1 to lay down their arms and submit to the Sov invaders. This can't stand. In fact, everybody in the like Justice Department is like, whoa, we gotta like do a thing about this. Mm-hmm. Knowing that one man can probably sneak in and out, sneak in and take care of Griffin better than a squad or a or you know a whole a, a whole frontal assault, Dread heads out alone to he- to deal with the chief judge, pausing to have Judge Teep uh, outfit a special bullet for him. Which Dread hmm. heads out on his mission to kill the chief judge or die trying. What the hell? Mm. 
It's awesome, man. So Dredd infiltrates the Hall of Justice just like he did when they took down Judge Cal through the tunnels that lead up to the tomb of Chief Judge Fargo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And you you kind of cut into a scene where these, like, two Sov judges are just, like, they're having a chit-chat as they go through the Hall of Heroes. And one guy's like, man, this is awesome. Like, all these heroes from wherever. And the other guy's like, bro... We took this city in like four days. We're yeah. their heroes now. And Dredd's like right here and shoots him right in the back. Takes one of their cloaks. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chief Judge Griffin is being put on air for a propaganda broadcast in sort of a Q&A format where he spreads lies to demoralize the city. Clearly lies. As it's like, ha- oh, yeah, yeah, the citizens in the Sob states have 100% uh, employment. They all have jobs. So you they're could all get real a job. happy. Yeah. <laughs> Me- as this happens, a disguised Judge Dredd airheads his way to the production studio. That's when you uh, die hard your way through a production studio, Fox. I uh, have no idea what that film is. You haven't seen Airhead? Oh, man, it's pretty good. It's got uh, Brandon Fraser, Adam Sandler, Steve Buscemi, all before those guys became really famous. Um, oh, my God. It's good. Good early 90s fun. All so, right. Dredd arrives the recording, fights his way in, and asks one question to Judge Fargo. Is every word you've said a lie to deceive the citizens? Oh, man. Griffin overcomes his programming and admits the truth that it is. And as such, Dredd sentences him to death and shoots him dead live on TV. Which, whoa, holy shit. It's heavy. The Sov judges swarm Dredd. They tell him you can't escape, but Dredd doesn't intend to. Instead, he turns his gun on himself and shoots himself in the heart. Oof. Ultimate cliffhanger! It's like (laughs) next prog, dot, dot, question mark. Exactly. It's uh, and that's just dread, man. I'm so glad that this, uh, that the months combined to have this be the cliffhanger for this one. Uh, Apocalypse War is kind of uh, really fucking intense, dude. Hey, man, they are trying to do as much real war stuff as they can, you know. I just like <laughs> it. It was like they just keep killing people <laughs> like these yeah. last four issues just everybody is killing everybody is killing everybody well if it makes you feel better i think in terms of just sheer quantity only about five percent of the people that are going to die in the course of this thing have died already <laughs> oh Wait, my no. god maybe like a third actually i guess because all the south the southern parts of mega city one but we'll get to it don't worry oh my god <laughs> we got more, more death Way more, yeah. There's two more months of the of uh, the apocalypse war left to go. Oh my god, that's eight issues. That's right. Yeah, it ends in a two seventy, so it should be good times. Oh my god. Anyway, let's cool down <laughs> a little bit from that fox with non thrills, covers, and nerve center. Ooh, covers are good this this month. Yeah, I agree. So 258, it's uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, with a cool ace trucking cover by Bellardinelli, complete with mm-hmm. like, spaceships, and GBH kicking robot butt. Yep, just tossing the dude. Yeah. I like the, uh, the top line of this issue, too, because it says, uh, aliens, robots, future war, future sport, big cash prizes. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want a big cash prize? Definitely. So the nerve center is only half sized this week, Fox. Most because of the space of advertisement. Yeah, it's taken up by a comic book commercial 
for the movie Roar with art by Des Skin and Steve Dillon. Mm-hmm. So I looked up Roar Fox, and I don't know if you're aware of this movie, but it's pretty crazy. Really? Um, yeah, it was apparently in like development for like a really long time. Um, it like uh, is full of the of these. Uh, it features hundreds of like live big cats, like you know lions and cheetahs and stuff. Sure. And in the end line, it says no an you know it says the normal uh, no animals were hurt in the making of this production, but then it says seventy crew members were, which I think is pretty was pretty was pretty good. Uh, holy shit! It's recently been re released by a Draft House Cinema, the guys that did like um, oh Miami Connection, and yeah, stuff, that man. did yeah Mi- Miami Connection and all those sort of like remastered bad movie kind of things. Okay, so this is a movie I need to see. I think I think that's definitely true. <laughs> awesome. So there the only there's only one letter in the nerve center this month, Fox. Yeah, and, the Twilight Zone one. Yeah, it's a sci-fi poem by a kid that claims he had an A plus on it, and this is extreme bullshit, Fox. <laughs> this so-called poem is the song Twilight Zone from the Rush album 2112. Really? 100%. Oh, come on, buddy. Con Burns of Cookstown County Tyrone, you have both gotten an A-plus and 10 pounds from a lie. Wow. From from near plagiarism. I guess it's parody. It's literal. It's the song word for word. It's a Really? It's just, yeah. Oh, my God. Look it up, dude. It's not like an adaption. It's just the song. Oh, that kid done a cheating. This kid is a cheater. So, oh uh, God. meanwhile, Dominic Black's picture of Nemesis and Grabendock is fine with me. Good times. Midfrog, yeah. there's a cosmic crossword puzzle done by reader J- Jenny Cole. Good times. Man, if I were a uh, Robin to a Batman character in space, I would definitely use the exclamation cosmic crosswords. <laughs> Absolutely. That sounds right. So let's go to uh, 250, Prog 259, Robo Hunter Returns. Awesome. I really like this one from e- Ian Gibson that's uh, Sam and Hoagie arriving at Britsit <laughs> and Hoagie dropping his suitcase and being like, well, we start- well, that's one case we messed up, <laughs> we mixed, mixed up Sam or whatever. Yeah, it's really great. Uh, it's a pretty good joke, which is yeah. a rare form for Hoagie. <laughs> in the nerve center, Tharg the Bright is getting hype for Prague 260, and letters demand a special 2000 AD for older readers, aka uh, 20, age 20 and older. Uh, I don't think that this is the kind of comic book if that's what you're <laughs> Hey, I think it's mostly for older readers at this point. Um, no, that's pretty they fair. Threaten Tharg with the threat of Torquemada. They ask about his education. And a kid tells us about his secret supply of 2000 AD progs. Oh, now this is just... Why do you need to hide it? Because moms are crazy, man. You can't trust these moms. They're going to throw out your comic book collection like mad. Oh, man, that's pretty true. That's happened. (laughs) It happens all the time. And then this prog ends with a full-color commercial for Dukes of Hazzard-like model cars? Yeah, I, I didn't get it. You don't what like man? They they're these model car companies. A car based show like the Dukes of Hazzard is a natural, you know. I I, I guess I just I'm like, surprised I, that like English people watch Duke of, Dukes of Hazzard though because it just seems so like American South to me. But you know otherwise, I, I would have thought like like a Knight Rider. 
Would have I don't know if Knight Rider's out yet, though. In no, no, it's not. No, it's not. But like, that's where I would have been. Like, yeah, you know, it's like a sci-fi comic, and I'm sure there will definitely whatever. be Knight Rider at, uh, model car ads w- when we get to it. God, I hope so. I, yeah, I just want to. I just want to say that uh, you know, there's no more. There's no better sort of early '80s problematic fun like the uh, Dukes of Hazard. You know, <laughs> the sort of thing. <laughs> Them boys getting some air again. That's okay, but also like, man, like this is probably not a cool thing to be a fan of. Anyhow, <laughs> in uh, we go to Prague two sixty, the Jar Zarjaz fifth birthday episode. Oh man, it look at this big old poster we got of Rogue Trooper. Yeah, I could, I should mention, of course, 2080's real birthday is the last week of February, but this issue is divisible by 52, and that's good enough if you want to live a lie like that guy that put in <laughs> that uh, Rush song in the previous issue. Um, oh my God, <laughs> the cover, yet yeah, like Fox said, has Tharg showing off the forthcoming four-page Total War Rogue Trooper poster. It's pretty There's, cool. Yeah, there's no letters in the Nerf Center this week. Instead, just a bunch of like uh, people sending like full page uh, pictures as cards celebrating mm-hmm. the anniversary, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it back, looks good. Yeah, in the back of the car, in the back of the prog, there's an ad for Judge Dredd and Judge Death candles. Uh, you know. And I looked them up on the internet, and they're actually pretty dope. Really? I mean, you know, they're definitely like sort of like we put together some molds for Judge Dredd and Death. They're kind of like like painted kind of fun. Like, I I don't know. They look kind of interesting to me, you know? Man, that's kind of cool. I hope no one burned them. I mean, I think a a lot of people burned them, to be honest. (laughs) They are candles. Yeah. Um, So this prog ends with the start of the Total War poster. It's four pages long and features North and and South troops fighting with Rogue in the middle. It's also got a bunch of, like, red boxes that have a soldier's letter home about the war, which is very, like, Civil War documentary, you know? Mm, Yeah. It's pretty, it's a pretty grim sight, you know what I'm saying. Um, It's just a grim comic. (laughs) 261, Sam Slade is on the case of the Beast of Blackheart Manor. Man, also, I can't wait for us to get there. Totally. Also, you can win a pack of KP Griddlers and a copy of the Cursed Earth Part 2 graphic novel. What the fuck is a KP Griddler? We talked about this before as some sort of like a corn chip kind of thing, but shaped like a oh, waffle okay. fry. Ah, uh, okay. Comes All in right. a beef and prawn flavor, as I recall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um... Prawn flavor. That's right. I guess like cocktail sauce. That's my understanding. Um, okay. That's more acceptable. Yeah. So Rojaws is taking over the nerve center this week, but he's mostly just here to cover for Tharg being on vacation. There's only one letter, and the letter is just saying that, hey, Rojaws, you should do the nerve center. And he's like, oh, <laughs> oi, all right. <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. Look at me. I'm Rojaws. Yeah. Then a couple more pictures for the fifth anniversary. Mid Prog. Yeah, there's a contest to win the Cursed Earth Part 2. To enter, they basically gave a bunch of qualities that a judge must have. Uh, huh. I, and then sort of put them in order. I said, uh, be disciplined is top and be merciful is last. Fear oh. the badge. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah. The Total War poster continues this week with North and South tanks clashing in an open field. Nice. Yeah. And, hey, speaking of a total war on New Earth, Fox. Oh, man. It's Thrill 4, Rogue Trooper. 
cats out of the bag uh, uh, and other assorted jokes. Mm. <laughs> Script robot Jerry Finley Day. Art robot Colin Wilson. Lettering robot Tony Jacob. So, during a long night on New Earth, the Norts are trying some fancy new psyops on the south south of the defense line. Projecting... Which, uh, oh. I don't understand how this works. It's like what a rudimentary alarm clock looks like you know the digital ones yeah there's like chem clouds all all through the sky of new york new earth so the norts are like projecting digital messages onto those clouds to freak out the southers which is like we're gonna come and get you joe and like soon it'll be goodbye they use common names to try to personalize them like coming to get you joe but i'm joe you know, and then Joe stuff. freaks out and runs across enemy lines and gets blowed up. Blowed up in no man's land, yeah. Everybody's starting to freak out, but then Rogue Trooper shows up. And just starts laying down boss. Yeah, he drops the bossiness. He uh, then leads them all, all the Southers, in a daring raid of the North Skyrider silo. They, Which, alright... <laughs> they take it down, and then they set up booby traps, so that when... <laughs> The next Norts arrive, they'll set up a jerk message and then blow the whole place up with, like, nukes and stuff. Ooh, Which those Southers exactly are so happens. cheeky. <laughs> we'll, we'll get them with their own medicine, but that medicine is also an atomic warhead. Ooh, those Southers. We're going to get you. <laughs> so, next time, Rogue is making his way into a set of ruins recently hit by a volcanic eruption. Um, Some bad shit happens. Yeah, just based on all the Souther casualties covered in us and in uh, ash and stuff, it was probably the Norts that reactivated a dormant volcano. But not all the bodies are dead. In fact, not all of them are Southers. Yeah, one Nort body moves and it's an ambush. Rogue, oh man! Rogue gets shot from behind and the bullet grazes Bagman's biochip. The uh, the chip starts to scream and it gives away Rogue's position. At least until yeah. he can spray it with like anesthetic spray to cool the chip off. Uh, which, that works, I guess. It is a biochip. Yeah, it just sort of freezes it, basically, so that it just can't keep powering itself, I guess. And make an E noise. Make an, yeah, just, well, it's, just, it's like when you, I don't know, if you ever like dunked an old radio in the, in the water and it just kind of makes, like makes a weird white noise noise white noise sound before it dies basically i've definitely never done that but now i'm halfway tempted to don't live my life fox i'm not a happy man but uh (laughs) but so yeah so bagman screaming has called in like all the norts in the area basically there's a whole lot of them gunner's out of ammo but it's hard and it's hard for rogue to reload him Though he does eventually, and Gunners sort of starts take uh, just taking out North North troops like crazy, as Bagman reboots and starts singing a silly song and just doing a full inventory of himself, laying out his contents on the ground. He's got the Bagman yeah. blues. Oh man, it's weird because he just. I feel like they just wanted to give a really cool uh, shot for like the last prog, where it's like this is all the stuff that Rogue uses. I definitely agree that it's very cool to see what's all all inside of Bagman. Mm. That's what we see next time is um, Rogue under fire. He's shooting all the Norts and stuff. Well, Bagman sings a song like 
Here's my little table, and here's my little chair. I'll count them all, and all, and all, and all of them are there. As he unpacks all of his stuff with the robot arm in his backpack. It's real great. And we just see a huge mass of stuff. There's like a walkie-talkie. There's a GI playbook. There's a guide to New Earth called The Schemes the Thing. There's just a whole yeah. bunch of explosives. There's a pack of digi pinups. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for the for the fellas. Yeah. He's doing an inventory as Rogue just shoots scads of Nords. Scads! Uh, out of wow. ammo, Rogue is forced to whap a Nord upside the head with Bagman himself. This knocks him sense oh, into the chip, and he responds by regaining his personality and uh, doing the one thing, like using the one item that is still inside of the bag of Bagman, which, which is... Which, guess what? More explosives. Yeah, a rapid ejection sequence of micro-mines! Which ain't great. No one can see them, I guess. They just all explode. The mines all explode, taking out the remainder of the Norts. Rogue is safe for now, but Bagman's system failure is worrying. He'd better make sure Bagman is okay. Next time, check up or check out. Ooh. Yeah, he, like, I guess Bagman made some kind of quip uh, to, to Gunner, and he's like, man, Bagman never makes jokes, so it must not be not all right. It's like, all right. That's right. You gotta be humorless. Maybe brush of death maybe made him a little bit, you know, gave him some, gave him a chips little bit of soul have, or something. Biochips don't have gallows humors because they're already dead, Fox. We all know that. That's, that's pretty fair. <laughs> so, but speaking of gallows humor, Fox. Oh, God. Speaking of murderers. Yeah. It's Thrill 5 Mean Arena. Or, at, I mean, at this point. Uh, Matt Talon goes on a diatribe as often as he can. <laughs> Script robot Alan Ridgway, art robot Mike White, letting robot Peter Knight. So, it's showdown in Reading as Major Charles Lambden pulls a gun on Matt Talon. Ooh, he hates that street football so much. You're the worst of them. I'm going to shoot you. I've protected this gosh darn country and now this is bad. I come home to this? Uh, you know, Talon tries to reason with him, but basically along the lines of like, hey, I hate street football too, man. Um, but the Major's having none of that. <laughs> so what do you do when someone's not listening to you and asks for your droid gun? Well, I guess you, just tap the weird tiny mine on your gun. Well, you, yeah, you it. attach one of your limpet mines to it. That's the answer to everything in Mean Arena. I think we've established that. <laughs> limpet mine. Well, this this is a mini limpet mine, but whatever. Yeah, so the Major asks for his gun. Talon hands it over. It's got a mini mine on it, and the whole thing explodes. Oh, snap. And just in case you were worried, it doesn't kill the man. Which, well, no, he, he falls off the side of the bridge, and Talon grabs him, but demands to know who helped him before he'll pull him up. Um, but before the guy can tell him, his armor breaks, and he falls to his death. It's um, like it's a movie. We do learn that... Uh, the, a, a woman was behind it all for some reason, and that's yeah. probably one of the f the female member of those six guys that Talon had uh, declared revenge against. And man, oh man, does that like <laughs> come up? 
a yeah. few times in this, these so, drugs. Finally, some other people show up, and Talon calls for the game to restart. Fired by the rage of all the loss of life this game, Talon powers through and scores the winning goal for the Slayers just as the game ends. Rock on, Redding! But rock at what cost? Yeah, it's like a bunch of shots of just how the city's completely messed up. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So we cut to a victory parade slash funeral march in Reading for the two fallen slayers. I, I mean, I would just call it a death party, yeah. I guess. Yeah, death party sounds good. Meanwhile, uh, Matt and Chip are discussing the situation. The gang of people that Talon has sworn revenge against, uh, but is no longer uh, seeking that revenge, gets a name. We're going to call it the Hexa Gang Fox, just FYI. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess. Are there six of them? <laughs> Not anymore. Well, we okay. killed two of them. That's pretty fair. We so, learned that the yeah, and we learned that the member that tried to kill Matt, like we mentioned, was a lady. Uh, speaking of ladies, I guess another one looking not unlike, I'd say, uh, Eve from the end of Return to Armageddon. Fair has arrived at the Slayers training complex. Her name is Brazen, and she's here to join the Slayers. Man, seems real strangely opportune, this woman joining right when they're like, so the one that was coming after you is a lady. Yeah, who's to say? Uh, the team is skeptical, but the only other female teammate, a crazy Lil, is pretty pissed. She attacks Brazen, and it's time for a ladies-only kung fu brawl. Oh, man, it gets real ladies kung fu brawl here in Hexbrook. Yeah, the two women on the team fight to a draw with some interaction from Talon to shoot, the bo- to shoot a boomerang out of Lil's hands. And, because, you know, Lil's crazy. I mean, she'll pull a boomerang that explodes on you. And women gotta fight each other no matter what, I guess. Uh, yeah. Braven, Brazen proves herself to be a deft hand with a droid, with a droid gun. The, vo- the vote is tossed to the players, and only Liz and Sourpuss, the goalie, vote against her. She joins yeah. the team, but Talon has his suspicions about her background. Anyhow. Liz is, like, real not into her being on the team, by the way. Yeah. So now it's time to play the Allert, uh, Lil, I should say. But anyhow, now it's time to play the Allerton Ants, suggested by Guy Daniels. The ants have these cool compound eye helmets, and they swarm on players, webbing them to walls. I'll mention that webbing is usually not a power that ants have, but I'm not making a big deal about it. Uh, (laughs) They also climb on walls using sucker pads. Yeah, they just got sort of generic bug powers. Why Uh, not? Talon goes to pursue the Allerton ball carrier, and uh, that leads us to the Tom Tully special, a mysterious <laughs> hand watching a view screen uh, as the final panel. I'll um, get you next time, Gadget. Exactly. Next it is time. It is stoked that Talon is heading towards a nearby cemetery. Next Don't. episode. Lot of trouble. That's not... It should have been a cemetery joke. And man, like, whoever this guy is, they really like irony. Oh, you'll meet your doom in the cemetery. You'll be buried alive. Whatever. Totally. Yeah. Underneath his own fame or some shit. Yeah. Like some kind of tombstone-based pun, maybe? Oh, yeah. Like Like, uh, Marker? um, Oh, that's great. (laughs) That's so horrible. Oh. You know, I mean, I'm sure. Oh, oh, um, um, uh, oh, I just had this word, um, uh, excruciating epitaph. <laughs> no, I just like, I don't know. 
Epitaph me the ball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. That's We're a good just one. Not... <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is why we get paid the big bucks. But hey, speaking of uh, spooky situations, fucks. Oh, man. And sort of like, I guess, like weird towns outside of uh, London. <laughs> it's. <laughs> it's Thrill Six Robo Hunter. Welcome back, Sammy. Yeah, man. Script robot Alan Grant, art robot Ian Gibson, letter robot Steve Potter. Robo Hunter is back. Finally, we've got something funny in the progs again. Oh man, hey, Ace Trucking's there, but uh, yeah, I know. The last time we like... saw Robo Hunter Fox was in August of 1980, when Jesus the Christ. Judge Child was still raging, the Stainless Steel Rat was saving the world, and Wolfie Smith was being a real jerk. <laughs> Being a weird, I can see through your clothes kind of guy. It's true. So, uh, just to remind everybody, Robo Hunter's a three-person team, or I guess a three-like being team. There's hard-bitten <laughs> veteran robot Hunter and possible future Mormon Sam Slade, because <laughs> he says "Holy Joe Smith" a lot. That's his go-to uh, exclamation. Anyhow, um, his his assistant, human-raised. Ultra dumb robot hoagie. It's ultra dumb. And Carlos Robo Stogie, a robot cigar designed to help Sam quit smoking, who has a Hispanic accent and demeanor that is both stereotypical and may or may not, but is like 100% may be based on uh, 2080 master artist Carlos Escara. Really? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, oh, this is. That's great. From what uh, people have told me, this is his accent exactly, or at least it was circa 1982. <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. All right. Anyhow. Hey, get your cameo as a cigar, I guess. That's what I say. Anyhow, uh, Sam and company arrive at Britsit for Mega City 1. It's not clear about the date here, but this is definitely way in the future from where we're at with Dread and stuff. It's like 40 years in the future or something like that. Don't... Yeah. You know, the continuities are definitely not explicitly linked. Don't worry about it in the least. No, not at all. Just try not to think about it. Got Just it. Don't be a jerk about this stuff, man. It's the future. <laughs> all right. You know, we're going to see a Brit sit. You know, we saw some Brit sit stuff in uh, Strontium Dog. We're going to see some Brit sit in Judge Dredd as time goes by. They aren't going to match up at all. Don't be a jerk. All right, no, no problem. I let I, let it ride, Fox. Let, let, like we're back in Vegas. All right. Um, listen, I, I'll I'll uh, I promise that I'll just forget. <laughs> good. Okay. Awesome. So, <laughs> so uh, the the uh, the tagline for tourism and Britsit is where the robots still say sir. Yeah, that's definitely not true. But in fact, Sam, watch this joke here. Sam is greeted by some surly uh, robot <laughs> custom agents when he arrives. <laughs> that's right. They laugh oh, in his. Oh, Conrad. They laugh in his face when he says he's here to be a robo hunter because apparently all work in Britsit is done by robots. Humans are on permanent vacation, only leaving the seaside to come back to the city to pick up their dole checks from the government. Yeah, for like leisure, and the line is out the door. Department of Leisure. Uh, seeing an opportunity, Sam goes into grift overdrive. Uh. <laughs> 
He cons his way into the presidential suite of the Savoy Hotel using a story about searching for hidden alien invaders and like getting the uh, hotel's uh, detective to go along with it. Also, okay, so I had a couple things here. First uh-huh. off, our, I guess just all the robots are dumb. That's the yep. generalization, racist bullshit. Um, All the, I feel like we haven't seen a ton of smart robots, Fox. Even the big brain, know, like fucking. you know, just couldn't tell the difference between robots and not robots. Um, his name is uh, why am I forgetting his name? It was the big Tracker? brain, Tracer, the guy, the guy who followed around Amtrak and was basically his go-to for fixing situations. Oh yeah, no, I'm not talking about all robots. I'm talking about Robo Hunter robots. Oh yeah, no, they're Seeker. just real dumb. That was the, that was the Return to Armageddon robot. Yep. Uh, and also, uh, hotels have a detective. Yes, it's like a British thing. I think it's an. Aff- it's like a uh, no. It's like a hard-boiled uh, detective thing. Really? But like, yeah. Like, man, I don't know what they do in real life, but in like a movie where there's like a murder mystery, like a parlor murder mystery kind of thing, like a Miss Marple or something like that. Mm. Like when Miss Marple or a Hercule Poirot goes to like a hotel and someone dies they usually team up with the hotel detective which is just like somebody who i guess normally does deals like shoplifting or something like that but you know, i guess it's like a you know it's a whole it's a whole trope in, in the detective stuff that's what i'm trying to say man i've never heard of a hotel detective but i you know all right why not I, I mean, I'm going to counteract that I have, so, you know, we're sort of at, at, at loggerheads here. But, um. <laughs> you son of a bitch. So, Sam Slade rents an office with a check that will bounce, but he intends to get work before then. And <laughs> he has a bunch. <laughs> he has a bunch of business cards made, and then has the hotel detective hand them out under the guise of them be identifying aliens. Yeah, it's like it's like their cover story, and the guy's like, "Oh man, you're." It's basically he's got a Watson now, and that mm-hmm. Watson is just doing dumb work. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I guess I'd say it's more like it's like he's like a Lestrade or something like that. You know? uh, Hoagie's well, definitely Sam Slade's Watson. That's fair. And then I guess um, Robo Sto- and, and then I, I guess Stogie is Sherlock Holmes's cigar. I don't know. I it it, it's it breaks down at that addiction. point. Yeah. So. uh <laughs> we cut to an old country English country manor oh, complete with yeah. thunder and lightning there's a legend of a beast and a literal scary monster that seems to stalk the grounds guests are disappearing from Blackheart Manor something must be done I freaking love this the Earl love of Blackheart monster movies totally man the Earl of Blackheart sends his robo butler Talbot to hire this Sam Slade chap to investigate the situation. Talbot goes, and I love the design for Talbot because he's just this huge, like, disapproving, like, "Mm, yes, kind of butler guy. (laughs) With a giant bow tie. (laughs) Yeah, totally. He goes to see Sam Slade, but he's definitely not trying very hard to recruit Sam to do things. But Sam really needs the work, so he manages to recruit himself to do the job, basically. So yep, that, he follows him out. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. He and the bots pile into Talbot's ho- hover Rolls Royce, and they head out to Blackheart <sighs> Manor. To make ends meet, it looks like the manor has a like a carnival thing going on, with roller mm. coasters and a pie stand and stuff. Sam loves the pies. Yeah, delicious. I'm just going to have some of these. Er, the Earl also rents out rooms and has a big dinner every night with like fancy food and, you know, all that stuff. Um during the dinner, 
or sorry, during the dinner, Sam sits next to the local police droid, who's also a guest, and then Talbot tells the story of the 13th Lord of Blackheart, who was a mad beast who still haunts the manor to this day. In fact, Talbot warns that one guest will die tonight. He's really laying it on thick, like Scooby-Doo mystery style. There's a lot of Scooby-Doo stuff going on here, I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that night, night falls on Talbot Manor, and a thunderstorm breaks out because, and they have apparent, and they have them every night apparently because of a <sighs> bug in the weather control system. All right then. A wail rings out from inside the house, and the beast has yeah! struck. Oh my God! Who done did done someone's, get killed? Someone's been taken by the beast. Oh no! Sam and Hoagie wander the building grounds with Hoagie using his glowing eyes as flashlights, checking out like suits of armor and stuff. And we see a big, huge monster looking in on them from outside the house. Ooh, we gotta get that spooky, spooky ghost monster. Mm-hmm. But then a scream goes out again. Another victim has been taken by the beast. <gasps> this time, Sam and Hoagie jump out the window and follow. Um, something, possibly this giant beast thing, into the forest around the manor. When all Let's hell do breaks some blind loose, shooting. yeah. Uh, Sam returns fire to all of this, and it turns out that he's been being shot and has completely blown away all the Britsit Robocops that were trying to take <laughs> the beast out as well. And they're like, "You, this is damaged, willful damage." Sam apologizes, and then a third scream goes up from the manor. Holy Joe Smith, the beast's pretty active tonight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just, like, extra hungry, you know? Next time, something slimy this way comes. Gross. It's Man, gross. I'm so into Robo Hunter chasing spoopy ghosts. Totally. Yeah. Hoagie, hoagie do. where are you? <laughs> Go forth. I'll try to have a longer version. But anyhow, Fox, oh man, oh. that's we finished our progs for this month, April 1982. Man, we escaped it without any April Fool's jokes. I don't know if they have a lot of those. I mean, I I, I guess we've had one in the course of this show, but that doesn't seem to be a big thing that Tharg kind of deals in, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I, I guess uh, what I'm saying is I, I, I think April Fool's is pretty dumb. Especially when, like, you know, the April Fool's joke show is coming out, like, in the last week of January, basically. (laughs) Fair. Serious question, though, Fox. What were your top and bottom thrills for April 1982? Oh, it's so easy. Judge Tread is at the super-duper extra awesome top. It's so good and Mm -hmm. horrible. It's so horrible. It made me so depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Judge Dredd's nailing it on making me feel very uncomfortable about, like, oh, let's just, like, set fire to this whole area. Let's, like, shoot all these people. What are traitors? Like, such a great cliffhanger, for sure. uh, Yeah. I mean, you could say that he's being a good guy, I guess. Yeah. If if you want to pick sides, but man, oh, man. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Compassion is not one of his. His strong suit. No! <laughs> I guess that's why he's called Dread. At any rate, uh, I did want to say special mention to Robo Hunter because, damn, I'm glad it's back. It's real, real good. It's nice. real, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is kind of hard because, like, the, the rest of the stuff was, like, generally three issues, you know, except for yeah, Ace Trucking, which things. I'm not going to give a bottom to because uh, Ace Trucking is real solid, real funny. Um, 
and Mean Arena wasn't like hot garbage or anything. So I, I'm going to say like Future Shocks for like the one thing that I always ask Future Shocks never to do, which is ever go long. I hear you. Um, I like I, I have to just point that out. Like I can't. You're not a continuing uh, series. Don't waste my time, especially with a 2000 AD yuck. <laughs> it's just like I. I don't know. Obnoxious yeah. to me. I hear you for sure. So how about you, man? What be your top and bottom? Uh, bottom solidarity. Yeah, I think I'm gonna agree mostly for bottom. I'm gonna say future shocks. Yeah, that long one was real bad. Like I don't really care for. Yeah, a seven-page future shock is way too long, especially for just the story of it's 2000 AD. Hooray! You know. Yeah. It's... Um. Yeah, and uh, and for top man, yeah, it's gotta be Judge Dredd, dude. This one was so good, especially oh. the second half with the stuff about Judge Griffin and stuff. Um, I you know, really, that's so depressing. I like him. But it's just so, I thought it was really awesome how, um, how you know, we've been with Griffin as chief judge his whole tenure since the events of Judge Cal. Um, yeah. And it was really neat to, to have sort of those two changes in chief judge sort of rhyme each other, you know, both involving Dredd sort of sneaking in underneath the uh, the tomb of the of the first chief judge Judge Fargo oh, yeah. to get in to like get like the necessary things to take down the current chief judge and stuff. Oh I mean, man! And makes a very interesting role, I guess, if you're looking in city politics for Judge Dredd of just that he's been he's person he's now personally removed the last two chief judges from Mega City One. You know that uh, like that's you crazy. Know, Makes him, I mean, obviously, because he's a star of the comic and stuff, you got to think about, you know, that, that sort of, of course, is going to happen, but it just makes it an interesting sort of concept if you're sort of looking at a, as a historian back on the history of a, two, of a Mega City One or something like that, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting way, I think that they did some things to sort of make the two uh, chief, or the two chief judges we've seen Dread take care of, um, sort of rhyme in some certain ways you know what i mean yeah big time uh i also have a question which is what what is because it's not a dictatorship they're more of a, a fascist state so what is what is the regicide equivalent of killing a fascist leader a fuhrer if you will yeah i think it's just like you know like i think it's, I, I i don't i don't know if there's an actual like latin term for it right like an all all or something that's like there I you know, go something like that T- tyrannocide maybe Ooh. <laughs> but that's me just making up things from latin greek roots and probably not very correct <laughs> whatever i give you points but i think it's cool yeah man and oh geez the real like the apocalypse war is really heating up dude <laughs> I, like you, you take giant from me you know you've already got my feels on lock but you're mm-hmm. taking griffin from me now it's just like really yeah it's not gonna have any for a while Totally. We're about to have, there's about to be big, big, big stuff happening in uh, the Apocalypse War. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to get too crazy about it. I'm I will real say, crazy. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on any, or, or sorry, or on our podcast site at Cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com, 2000 AD forums, or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter at spacespinner2k for everything else, just look up spacespinner2000. We should be there. Damn.
And, uh, you know, come back next time as we finish up the Bagman Blues, head out for the Dixie Front in Rogue Trooper. Ooh. Uh, Rolo Hardy shows up to straighten up, to straighten everybody out in, in Mean Arena. The Abo Dabo lug continues. Robo Hunter <laughs> solves the case. Alec Trench returns, and Dread rounds up a team. And it's time for the assault on East Meg One. Oh, oh, what really? Yeah. Holy shit! Do counterattack? Hey, you know who's going to be on the team, Fox? Who's going to be on the team? All of the surviving judges whose name you know, <laughs> names you know. <laughs> oh my God! So wow, Anderson, really? Hershey. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. That's okay. really great. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Conrad Heesbox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Fun dig, fun dig. Fun dig.